podcast going album by album through Joni Mitchell's entire discography. Today we're reviewing Joni Mitchell's album Court and Spark from 1974, her most commercially successful album. That's tea. She spilled most commercially successful. Um, the most different album we've listened to, I would say so far. The most yeah. like, in a whole nother realm out of, you know, where we've been. Her first album with a backing band. Yes, 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 yes. With the LA Express and, you know, all these new musicians joining her. Um, when does Jocko join her? I think he joins Hajira, right? During Hajira. Because she does one more album with the LA Express. Oh, and, and oh is then... Hissing? Does he not appear on Hissing? I don't think so. I might be mistaken, but I think, I remember I was asking about the Joni Mitchell, like, which albums would be in which reprise set. And people were saying Miles of Isles and Hissing would be together and not Hajira with them because they're going to do the Jocko year separately. So like, mm. oh, so he joins in Hajira. Mm. Yeah. Her most problematic era. Okay. Her most problematic era, yeah. <laughs> this era, well, okay, so next week we're doing Miles of Isles, which will be a nice little, you know, a nice break, but then we're going to go to Hissing and that's where things start getting a little problematic, but we will <laughs> do our best. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah disclaimer well no i mean i don't think we'll have to do a disclaimer but don juan's will definitely that'll be like a 30 minute disclaimer yeah that's gonna be a hard episode to get through <laughs> yeah um anyways but court and spark which is complete opposite is a i think this is like a beautiful beautiful album i i'm not surprised that it was so commercially successful because it it is just, it's great music. It's got a good, like, every song has a great, like, beat and, like, I don't know. It's all, it, it's, it, it continues and takes where she was ending on For the Roses into a whole nother level. Yeah. I'm so glad this album got so much credit when it was released. I remember it, like, well, it peaks at number two in the US. It has Help Me, which is her biggest single on Billboard ever because it yes. peaks at number seven. Yeah. It, I think it's her best-selling album too. Maybe Blue might be might sell a little more now. I don't know. Her sales haven't been updated since the '90s, but Court and Spark is double platinum. Blue might be more sold now, but I think at like if you were to talk about when she was actively in her career, like up to like the '90s, Court and Spark was definitely her most talked about. I don't know. Yeah, she wins a Grammy for this album. Yeah, she does, which is weird. She wins it for a weird category though. She does, and for a very niche song. I was surprised Down To You gets a Grammy. I would have thought Help Me would get, like, I don't know, like, Song of the Year or something. Yeah, or, like, Best Pop Vocal Song or something like that. This could have been Album of the Year. I don't know what won Album of the Year for this, but should have been this. I feel like like Stevie Wonder won Album of the Year in 1975, or I feel like it was him, but I'm I'm probably completely mistaken, and I haven't fact-checked that, so don't cancel me. 
people are about to cancel you for that because their fave is going to be the one who won. They're going to be like, <laughs> we deserve to get our credit. <laughs> we deserve yeah. it. Oh, this album is also, ha ha ha, this album is also number 110 on Rolling Stone's top albums yeah. of all time. I have that written down too. I think she has like four albums on that. She does. And as she should, she should actually have like five albums on it for being serious. Yeah. Cause I think what are the four blue? Um or in Spark Hissing. Spark. I think Hissing is on it in Hajira. Or Hajira maybe better be on it. That better that could have gotten number one. Blue could have been number two and that could have been number one. <laughs> yeah. It really could have been. I don't who did they put at number one? I think they put Aretha Franklin at number one. No. No, I think it's a Bob Dylan album. Is it? Oh, wait. Or maybe it's the Pet Shop Boys album. Oh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it what is. A, either way, it was undeserved. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I just, this album is really, I don't know. I just love it so much. I love the, the I don't know, the music of it is amazing. I I personally love Joni with the band. Like, I, I like folk Joni, folk, ugh, folk Joni a lot. But once the band comes in, like, it's just a whole nother level. It makes her music a whole nother level of addicting. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know what it is. It's just everything really comes together here for her. And it's it's like a perfect album, in my opinion. And this is like the happiest I feel like she's ever been. Like, this album sounds like the happiest she's ever been or will be. (laughs) Yeah. I think (laughs) she's like the most content with herself in the music industry. Yeah. Well, I should also clarify that this album had was the first time that she had a break in between her albums. So there was For the Roses in 1972. And then there was that there was the first time she had a year long gap where she was working on this album. And so I think that that gave her a lot of time to refine and kind of figure out, like, how do I want to work with the band? What band do I want? You know, kind of, you know, experimenting. And that's why it worked so well, because she took a lot of time. I agree. And also this album, whenever Joni calls herself a musical explorer, I really feel this is the, this is, this best defines it almost. Cause it's like the start of her exploration. I mean, For the Roses kind of is, but this is where she really gets her, her toes wet. You think this is her most exploratory album? No, no, no. It's like the oh. start of it though. Yeah. I was like, is it? No. Don Juan's Mingus are more exploratory. Yeah. Yeah. Those are a little bit more yeah experimental, but this is, definitely a huge the biggest change she's had yeah and um wait what oh I was gonna just never mind what were you saying I was gonna talk about the story about Mr. Dylan I wasn't gonna bring that up too oh okay (laughs) you can tell it yeah so I guess the story is what David Geffen he was their manager Bob Dylan and Joni is so they have this party listening party and I believe they play Planet Waves first, which is Bob Dylan's new album. And they have a Court and Spark, they play after it. And Bob Dylan falls asleep during Court and Spark, but that's not the worst part. I think that Planet Waves, from the stories I read about that night, a lot of people gave it a really warm reception. And when they played Court and Spark, a lot of people were kind of like indifferent to it, which is yeah. weird. Because... I, yeah, it was like everybody was kind of like, mm, meh, Bob, your work is better. Yeah, which is crazy because I don't know Planet Waves is not I like Bob Dylan's music Planet Waves is not nearly one of his like, are you are you songs. referencing the Joni interview look I like a lot of Bob songs 
He stole oh, his voice. <laughs> he stole his voice from old hillbillies. <laughs> I well, should have referenced that. She just kind of, her words kind of ingrained themselves into my subconscious. So it was spoke things, through her. She spoke through me. I'm like a prophet for her or something right oh, now. Oh, girl, you're getting canceled for that. There, there we go. Our Christian audience also just fell off. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Every um, but I just, it's insane that Bob Dylan would fall asleep during this album. Like, well, allegedly. I shouldn't say he actually did. We don't know. Joni likes to exaggerate. But I mean, this album is anything but sleepy. This album is like vibrant and colorful the remaster version that just came out is actually yes. like it's amazing the remaster is like even better you can hear all the instruments so well in the remastered version stuff you yeah. cannot hear at all like at all in the original which is what makes it even better in my opinion i don't know i don't like a lot of remasters but the the one she did for um are these the asylum years mm -hmm. yeah the one she did for these they were all great in my opinion Oh yeah, the hissing one is really good too. Yes, yes. Even for the roses is pretty good. I'm I'm trying to think. I don't think I listened to the remaster version for last for for the roses. I think I just listened to the one I had, but I should have. I probably should have taken in that one. But yeah, and I'll be excited to hear how the Miles of Isles one sounds too. Me too, because I haven't listened to that at all. The remaster. No, I haven't listened to that at all in a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a hot minute. But Wait, um, one niche uh, fact I want to say about this album is we talked about how Stevie Nicks was a big Joni Mitchell fan. She talked about a time when she took LSD to court and oh. spark. And she said, I was with my producer at his house with a set of speakers that were taller than a fireplace <laughs> and I was in a safe place. And I sat there on the floor and listened to that record. That was a pretty dynamic experience. She's mother, mother. She's like, <laughs> and you know what? I agree with her. I would listen to LSD on this album. You would listen to LSD? <laughs> or use LSD to listen to this album. <laughs> Do you know what album would be crazy to be on LSD for? Are you going to say Don Juan's? Well, that or Mingus. I feel like that would be a very weird experience. Mingus with all those interludes. Like, imagine you hear Happy Birthday 1975. <laughs> I would go insane. That's like the most niche track. If someone's like, what's a niche Joni track you like? I'm like, I like Happy Birthday 1975. They're like, mm, that's not really that's not really an option. Oh, but oh, that's not. Oh, that yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I love that Twitter meme. Like, so do I. You tweeted that the other day. I forget what it was about, but I was like dying. I forget. I completely forget. Someone was being offensive. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i think that that's from i think it's from that um that um, wait what the view yes 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 <laughs> we're not gonna say the comment but if With you know Kelly you Osborne, know. yeah oh my god i'm dead um anyways <laughs> oh also this album is the first album that she has that has a cover on it yes twisted yes and she's gonna recover and she's gonna cover another annie ross song on her next studio album, which um, is Centerpiece. Yes, that's true. Oh my yeah. gosh. I always forget Centerpiece is the cover. I yeah. always forget. Yeah. Do you know what else is a cover? What? Both Sides Now. Oh, that's true. Who sang it first? Um, Judy Collins? It, it was by Judy Collins. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We're going to get canceled. No. 
Um, does this album to you, when I listen to this album, I feel like I'm in like, like the deep hills of like LA and I'm like in like a really like, I don't know, like it just seems like a summer of like romance and luxury and like, just like kind of like falling in and out of love and, you know, courting and sparking in the hills of Hollywood. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like a very Laurel Canyon-y album. I mean, not in terms of being folk, like a lot of the Laurel Canyon music is, but it just sounds so like refined and it has this, a similar vibe. I don't know. For the Roses was not very California-y in my opinion and neither was Blue. I mean, Blue was a little bit, but it was more of like a travelogue too, just like Hajira. But this is this is also like one of her definitive California albums. Oh yeah. And then Hissing as well. Yeah, Hissing. Hissing oh is more, I guess I would consider Hissing, I think of more like Bel Air and like a really bougie neighborhood or something. I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, when I think of Hissing, I also think of like the Southern states in America. I don't know why. Maybe it's just her words, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll let that comment sit. Um, no, I should have said, ooh, ooh, that's not, that's not. <laughs> well, anyways, um, do you want to talk about the artwork of this album? Yeah, I I love it. I love it. I love the colors. I, there's two, co- there's like two different versions of the cover, not like necessarily where she's painting two different things. It's just like one of them uses more brown and it's more cartoony. And I don't like that one. I like the one where it's like completely, it's almost rose goldy or like a sand color. Yes, you have the same one on yours. That's the yeah. superior one where it's like etched in the album name. I have both on vinyl. I have two versions of Court and Spark on vinyl and I have the like spooly golden yellow one and then I have the one that has like those brown like outlines I guess they're more brown outlines yeah and I don't like the brown outlines Joni I don't know what um, you were thinking there girl well it probably wasn't her it was probably her record thing. label yeah um I personally don't love this album cover I'm gonna be honest it's not my favorite yeah it's not my favorite Joni album cover either but one thing I will say about it is I think it does match the music inside it rather well. I don't think it's perfect, but it's cute. It's cute for what it is. Even the gatefold, I don't care for on this. Like if anyone has the vinyl, the gatefold doesn't do it for me. Sorry. No. Well, it has like that like black and white picture of her, which is cute. I love a good like graphic picture, but I don't know. It, the, 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 it's weird because that black and white photo of her that's like graphic doesn't feel like it matches the cover at all. Like they feel like completely different vibes. I feel like it, I guess it kind of matches the aesthetic of the album, that black and white photo, but I don't know. I feel Not like, the cover. Yeah. There's so many. Also, we were talking about this earlier, but Joni looked so good during this era. Oh, oh my God. I don't know why she didn't choose a better photo. Guys, Joni was so mother in this era. Y'all don't even know. I love yeah. her, like, her beautiful curly hair that she has during this one. She no longer has bangs. I hate bangs. So, like, she got rid of those. And she's wearing these beautiful dresses, these, like, yes. total Hollywood dresses. Oh, like She's so elegant here. I love it. I yes. love watching the live performances and seeing what she wears. Usually, I don't care. Honestly, hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't usually care that much for Joni's um, fashion sense sometimes. But here, I'm, like, entranced by it. I think she sticks to her own style, which I can appreciate. She has a weird fashion sense, but it's hers. And I think she knows a lot about designers. I think she's I think she's very knowledgeable in fashion. She has a weird style, but I appreciate it at times. 
I appreciate it at times too. And she, yeah, I like that she's very original. She's never imitating someone else in any no. aspect of your life, which I love. Wow. Who? Um, on the cover of Don Juan's. Oh, stop. No, no, no. Don't <laughs> <laughs> imitate there. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like this cover. Um, we had talked earlier about the, the mountains kind of creating like a figure that it looks like two figures hugging. I think it is two figures hugging. And it looks, and it, I don't know, you're right. It matches the album very well. Like that, like feeling of a warm embrace because this album is so warm and lush with romance and, you know, all that fun stuff. I love the shades of blue in the background too. They're so subtle. Yeah, I think it's watercolor. I think it's a mix of watercolor and like some sort of like ink. Yeah. I don't know that to be exact, but I'm pretty sure. I will say the more I look at it, the more I like it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's 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 fine. It's fine. She just could have done more. Like I would have loved like well, it's whatever. It was her choice. I'm not going to judge her. She's going to come for you. She's going to block you on Twitter for that. Oh, I can't do this. Please, Joanne, <laughs> like I need to get updates. She's always posting really like well, her team is always posting like the Randy. most random things. They're like what song reminds you of Joan? They'll be like the most random scenario. They're like, song reminds you of spring. Yeah, they're like, what song reminds you of getting McDonald's in the summertime? And I'm like, ooh, you know. It, yeah. has, to be, it has to be in France, they kiss on Main Street. I'll well, say that. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Oh my God. Sorry. Thinking ahead. <laughs> it's a good song. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to say about the album cover, to be honest. It's just, it, there's, more going on on the actual album than in the cover. <laughs> the cover. The cover was a soft serve. Soft serve, and then on this album, she gives a hard serve. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So should we start this album with probably one of my favorite openers of all of her albums? Yes, Court and Spark, the beautiful piano. Oh, oh my God. I, mm, my gosh, I literally get chills every time I listen to this song. Yeah, goosebumps. It's like it starts with that 15 second piano intro and it starts so subtly and it starts building and then I'm just completely dumbfounded. I have no words. It's amazing. And this is I, I, I've said this in previous episodes. So now we're here. So no, to harken back to what I used to say that this era, Horton Spark and like hissing is my favorite vocals by Joni. This is a perfect example that like when she starts and goes and she's like, love came to my door. And like, it's like this low, yes. like really like, oh, it's so good. It's so much lower than anything she's done before. Right. Like, I don't think she ever she really hits low notes on any album before this. It no. feels like uh, when she does the low voice, it sounds like a warm hug. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's so cozy. It's uh, it's a beautiful song about like it. This song is such a like. It describes like this album so well. Like it's kind of like how Banquet did it, where it like is a great like kind of like overall picture of where we're gonna go on this album. This song perfectly does that as well. Yes, and I also love all the references to like the previous songs. Well, yes, you know what the song you did you read what the song was like allegedly about? Oh, I don't know. What is it allegedly about? Uh, I read on Rolling Stone that some musician or I don't know if, know if it was a street musician or just some random person they came up to Joni while she was like leaving somewhere and she was like walking through the streets and they said that 
she had written for Free and River and another song specifically about him. And she was like, what? And he, I don't know, he was very delusional. But that's that's how the song came about. That's why she says, um, what does she say? Playing on the sidewalk. Yeah, for passing change. Yes, and then dancing up a river in the dark because he says river like she wrote that for him. Yeah, so see, I caught the for free reference, but I didn't catch, I guess, yeah, that could also be a reference to River. Oh, that's, oh, I love that. Well, the for free one, I was like, oh, yeah, she's definitely like, like kind of hearkening back, but that's interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah, I love the lyric on this one. Like, um, I love just how it like builds into this like looking for a woman to court and spark and you're yeah. like oh my god like yes like uh-huh. there's something so sultry about her voice it's so like sultry and romantic and oh it's all of that beautiful stuff it is in the fact I feel like there's this build on every song I don't know the instruments just come together so beautifully and it's Oh, it's perfect. This yeah. song is like a perfect opening track. It it really is. It's one of the best title tracks I think that she has. Oh yeah. This this is definitely one of my favorite Joni Mitchell title tracks. Her with her title tracks and her openers and her closers, like she always serves in them. I don't know. I don't know how she just continuously does that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of her other title tracks like that I would put on this same level. Um Hygiera is a beautiful yeah. title track. Um I love the title track, Wild Things Run Fast. I was actually Me playing too. that on guitar today. I really like that song. Um, or the Rose. Indigo. Turbulent Indigo, I love that song. Yes. That song does not get enough credit. That whole album doesn't. I love Night Ride Home too. I really love yes. that song. Maybe just all of her self Yeah. I don't know. I was actually listening to, side note, um, I was actually listening to um tur- that song yesterday, Turbulent Indigo, um, because in my art history class, we were talking about... Um, Van Gogh and I was like I totally need to turbulent indigo it up right now yes that album does not get enough love if you're listening to this listen to corn spark but also turbulent indigo well no 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 let them wait until we get there (laughs) (laughs) they need to wait they need to Um, wait for us yeah and I I love you were talking about like the music with like the band I love the content like bum 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 and it because it's kind of like this like there's this like going down, going down, going down, and then it resolves back up to the, I don't want to talk about chords, but you know, that's what it's doing. I don't want to be technical like that, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about, I can, I'm not well-versed to talk about instrumentation, but I do like the builds in this song. Like the piano builds to like the force, the first chorus so well. And there's like a little percussion added when she starts singing, he was playing on the sidewalk and then yes. guitar and bass come in and it just makes her music so much more complex somehow than it was before oh yeah that's what I really love about this song what about when she says you could complete me I could complete you oh my god like that's adorable like I just love it it's like she's persuading him (laughs) yeah she it's like she's like a siren persuading him with this like sultry voice like and yeah. I love, I love at the end. So the song's kind of building and it's going along. And then all of a sudden at the end, it slows back down into this guitar. And she's like, his eyes were the color of the sand in the sea. And do you think that that's a reference to the cover? I think it is a reference to the cover because the cover always gave me like beachy vibes. Like yeah. 
thing on the sand right where it meets the water yeah also such a beautiful way to describe someone's eye color too oh it's amazing and then but then what's interesting so we have for the roses which is an album where she's basically escaping the music industry but then at the end of this song she says she can't let go of la yeah it's interesting because it seems no matter how how caught up Joni Mitchell gets in the music industry or no matter how dissatisfied she is with the world around her, she just can't give up music. No. Which makes sense because it's her, it's like her artistic form and it's like her her source of income, I guess. But it doesn't feel like she's selling out to make money or, or something. It feels like she's genuinely trying to push boundaries here. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, I don't think there is any album where she sold out Oh, definitely not. Like, people like to say that she sold out with this album. Not, I mean, a lot of people don't say that, but some fans do say that this album is like too commercial or it was Joni Mitchell's trying to make like a top 40 pop record. I don't you know I, what. She killed it. She Whatever. Did. Even if, yeah, even if that's what she was going for, I see the crossover appeal and it's there's so much depth to this album without like actually selling out or being too formulaic or generic. Well, yeah, this album isn't like it's a pop album but the lyrics in the album are way deeper and complex than any pop song from the last 20 years like it's not yeah. it, it, it's it, you can't say this is a sellout album it's just not yeah I also love that lyric in this song all the guilty people he said they've all seen the stain on their daily bread on their Christian names I love she calling out everyone here by yes. adding song. well she mentioned like on For the Roses, she does a lot of mentioning about, like, people just, like, catching on to religion just as, like, a fad. And that kind of, yeah. like, goes back into that. Yeah. And I and then, obviously, I love the end of the song where it's just you're built into this, like, fool. The whole band is there, you know, like, and it's just, like, you're, like, oh, here we are. We are in the world that, you know, is completely different than where we had been before. I can't, I can't sing praises for this song enough. Yeah, it's kind of an underrated track. I don't see a lot of people talk about this song. Yeah, I don't see it either. I think a lot of Joni Mitchell fans really love this song, but whenever people do a top, their top 50 Joni songs, I don't usually see this anywhere near the top. I mean, she has a lot of great songs, so it's hard to, it's so hard to rank her discography. It's so hard to rank songs, but this definitely is an underrated track. Yeah, yeah. I was actually looking at my top 50 the other day and I was like, this has to be changed. <laughs> I was like, this is so wrong. The thing when it is when I make like a top 50 Joni songs, I start looking through it and I'm like, wait, but this has to be here. This has to be here. And like, well, that, well I can't remove this song. And yeah. it's, just, oh, it's so difficult. It's like choosing a, a, your favorite child. Yeah, no, I think that my top three, though, is if I can remember what it is. I think my top three, though, I would keep the same because I think it's Song for Sharon, um, Paprika Plains, and then Silky Veils of Ardor. I think those are my three that I'll keep yeah. no matter what. Those are good choices. Those are really good choices. I I don't even know what my top three Joni Mitchell songs are, honestly, anymore. I think um, Song for Sharon is in my top three. I think you said that your top three was Both Sides Now, Rose. No, 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 no. And um, <laughs> The Circle Blue Game. Boy. The Circle Game, Blue Boy, yeah. All those classics. All those classics. Her <laughs> folk era. Yeah, um... I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I love this song. This is an amazing opener and it's, you know, it leads into, you know, a really fun time. <laughs> yes. Help Me, Joni's biggest hit to date. 
Big Yellow Taxi might have surpassed it in terms of like cultural relevance, but in terms of just charting and sales, this is her biggest song ever. Yeah, her only top 10. Yeah. And honestly, I think this deserved number one. I mean, it hit number one on the adult contemporary chart, but. Yeah, this song is so good. I used to scoff at this song, but re-listening to it, I was like, holy shit, this is so good. The band sounds amazing. She sounds amazing. Like, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and I also love how there's a build in this song too, but the build comes so quickly because like in the first few seconds, there's the guitar strumming and then the drums. And then it's like, by the time all that's introduced, like the, this amalgamation of instruments all come together and it's like, and a musical explosion. I don't know. Yes. It's crazy. I know what you're talking about because it builds and you can hear like, oh, what's that called? Like you can hear like they're doing like a, like kind of like a, a like a guitar like riff like dun 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 and then the drums are like boom do 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 doom boom and then all of a sudden everything is together and it's like yeah. oh it's so good. Ah, uh, and then I love I her love, voice on here. I love her voice too. Oh my gosh, the vocals on this song are really good. Yes. I like how there's like, there's so many instruments in this. I was like looking it up. There's woodwinds, there's reeds, there's electric bass and guitar. There's acoustic guitar, there's electric piano, there's drums. Like she was adding everything she could into these songs. So was that all the LA Express though? I don't really know how much involvement they had with every song, but I assume probably. I think, I think most of it was the LA Express. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do think so. Yeah, because she was spent a long time. I know she's talked about it before, but like she spent a long time looking for the band because she knew she wanted to have a band, but she was like very particular about what she wanted, you know? I don't know if, I know John Guerin does the drums on this album a lot. Okay. I don't think he's the LA Express, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's only like select members from it. Okay. Is John Guerin... Do we not like him? Hates him, yeah. We don't like him. Allegedly, he he was abusive, or someone told me he was. Someone can fact check that. I don't know, but did I tell you that? I might have told you that. <laughs> yeah, Don Don um Elias was abusive, allegedly. Oh yes, he was too. Yeah, because I think I he's the one that beat her up at the Miles Davis party, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, John Guerin is the one where um. When she's on the Hissing of Summer Lawns tour that was only supposed to last like six weeks, they get into a huge falling out because he's he's the drummer and they break up and then she runs away and does the road trip that's, you know, becomes Hajira. Deserved. So, yeah. That, you know what? Some things happen for a reason. <laughs> happen for a reason. Yeah. What do you like feel that this, like, I feel like this song, it, while it's like, like, I feel like people could say it's like really simplistic, like a simple pop song. But like, I just feel like it's a really cute way of talking about that feeling about like, you're like nervous because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm falling in love. And like, you know, like that love can come with such pain, but you're also just like, I, you know, I have to love you. You know, there's no other yes. choice. Also, it like separates it from a lot of top 40 pop songs. It's not only the arrangements, but the lyrics. Like if you kind of think about it, she, it is a love song, but she's also saying a lot of, bad things about this man like he's a rambler he's a gambler he's a sweet talking ladies man she, yeah. and she, she notices all these vices with him but she she can't help fall in love she can't help but fall in love and that's what makes it so interesting because you kind of see her like dissenting into chaos 
Yeah, I love that line. He's a rambler and a gambler. Like, what a fun, like, little rhyme. I love also the line when it gets to the bridge and she's like, didn't feel good. Like, that part when she goes, yeah. dance with a lady with a hole in a stocking. Like, that's just, like, it, she sounds very, like, silly and fun there. I love her. I love Happy Joni. Yeah, she's so playful here. I also love at the end when she's, like, it also feels really playful. Help me, I think I'm falling in love with you. Are you going to let me go there by myself? Yeah. That's such a lonely thing to do. I'm like, yeah. okay. It's like a little sassy. It's a little persuasive. It's like, come on. I can, see, I can see her like flirting with a guy and being like, oh, are you like really going to make me like go home by myself? Like really? Like you're not yeah. going to like take me home? Yeah, I, I think it's cute. And um, oh, and I also love, there's a good harmonization with because we talk about how she like vocal layers with her own voice and yes. does it amazingly. I love it when she when it's like, didn't it feel good? Didn't it feel yes. good? And it's like the horns rise when she's saying that. Like, didn't yeah. it feel good? Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful part of the song. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it, it's it's amazing. Shaka Khan at her um 70 at Joni's 75th birthday, like that concert that they did. Um, I forget where it was. I think it was the Hollywood Bowl. Um, and it had an album too. She did a really good cover of Help Me. It's a really different version, but I really like that version a lot. Yeah, I love how Shaka Khan is such a huge Joni stan. I know she was really upset that Dream was a Dreamland. That was their collaboration. Yeah. I know she really wanted to do like an actual Joni Mitchell feature and it never really came through, which is sad. But I think she said at one point she wanted to do a Joni Mitchell cover album. She did, yeah. She's been saying that for years that she's going to do one, but we still haven't gotten it. She just got tired. She's like, you know what? Yeah, she's like, you have to pay for those songs just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Help Me. I think it's a totally deserved pop song. Like, like no need to like hate on it, you guys, because it's popular. It's really good. Yeah, like if, when people say she's chasing a hit here, I don't see it. Like maybe you turn me on, I'm a radio. That sounded like very much playing into being a top 40 hit. This doesn't feel like that at all. This feels yeah. like it's just a Joni, a fun Joni Mitchell song. Yeah, the people just <laughs> seem to like. Yeah. yeah. And this wasn't her first single for this album. No, what was it? Raised on Robbery or Freeman? Yeah, it was Raised on Robbery. Yeah, which wasn't so. as successful, but it, it was, it, I don't understand why, because that's a huge like, jazz rock song i don't know how it wasn't more popular it might have sounded too vintage to people because it has a very vintage vibe to it but um it's very we'll get to it. yeah yeah um do you want to move on to free man in paris of feeling better than alive <laughs> yes i love this song a lot too it opens with those woodwinds or horns and guitars and uh it's another beautiful intro to a song yeah it does the same thing like help me it does where it starts with like a small riff and then all of a sudden it builds into the full band like um this song is about david geffen who is the Joni's like the owner of Joni's record company and uh he did not want her to put this song on the album he was like please like he was really embarrassed by it but she was like mm, too bad um some people say that this song outed him as gay um, yeah he oh my god he dates like he's still alive and he's like in his 60s and he dates like little twink boys it's <gasps> really no like, oh my gosh you're joking no but he's like a really rich guy he's like so rich and owns all this stuff like he, he gets all these little twink boys that want his money 
allegedly. Wait, why does that make so much sense? Side note, I just read Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin, who's okay. like a gay American author, and he talks about New York and like how gays were so persecuted here in the 1950s. So he goes to Paris and he starts like having love affairs with men there. So that's so interesting. I guess I can see why people said it was <laughs> her outing him. He felt like he could actually, you know, be gay there. Yeah. Well, I mean, she says like going cafe to cabaret, like that's kind of like, oh, yeah you know, a little fruity. He was cruising. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this song, um, I don't know if you ever heard her talk about this, but she talks about trying to teach the band to be able to play this song. Have you heard that? I haven't actually. Okay. No. So when she talks about that, because this song has a really, I don't read drum um, notation. Like, I don't know how like drum patterns and stuff like that, but I do know that this song's rhythmic pattern is not it's hard because it doesn't stick in one specific pattern. It goes all over the place because the chorus, the drums are going like, go, 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 go. They're like going like, like, but then the verses, they're completely different. And so it was really hard for the um, drummer to like learn it. I remember her talking about that. I had, I'd have to remember the interview. I don't remember when it was, but it happened. <laughs> no, I definitely believe that. I obviously, like I said earlier, I'm not well-versed. I like, I don't have the vernacular to talk about instruments, but this song does sound pretty complex. A lot of her songs on this album sound like, like kind of difficult for someone to play. It was just probably why she was searching so long for a band to, to actually be able to, to help her on this album. And you also have to think she's using these weird tunings. Like the, the tunings don't, like it's not, like she didn't just like get to pop music and then suddenly decide to like not do tunings that are weird anymore like they get weirder um this song has a weird I was actually playing this song um the other day because I wanted to see it like what tuning it was in and it's in some random you know I think the only other song on this tuning was um uh what was it was it Cotton Avenue I think was the other song on it right yeah oh wow really yeah if you know you know <laughs> <laughs> um no but this is a great court and spark character study song i love this song it is and it really sets up how she's gonna do a bunch of character studies on her next album and oh, yeah. yeah i also love how it relates to for the roses a little bit too with like being being so fed up with the music industry and and, and authenticity and everything yeah. and cool and also the fact she uses unfettered in this song i love that only Joni mitchell could like use a word unfettered and make it like commercially successful or sound really good. It's very silly. It is, right? Yeah. And I, this song has always been like one of my favorites. Like I've always loved this song so much. Like when I was first getting into her, this was like one of my constant repeat songs. And it's just like, she. it's just a fun song about like when you just like, you're just so fed up with the world you're in and you're just like, I just want to go back to a time where I could be free or, you know, be a free man in Paris, you know, it's that whole vibe. Yeah, this is a very accessible Joni Mitchell song. Like if anyone yeah. was getting into her, I think I would recommend this. Or this is one of the songs I would recommend for them. And also- I would recommend this album. Oh, that's true, yeah. It yeah. is one of her most accessible albums too. Also, one thing that's cool about this song is uh, Mr. Dylan selected this for a Starbucks compilation album in the 2000s saying, he always liked this song because he'd been to Paris and he understood what being a free man there was all about. Oh. Paris was, after all, where freedom and the guillotine lived side by side. 
I'm, and then he said, I'm not so sure that the meaning I heard in the song was what Joni intended, but I could not stop listening to it. He is a fucking liar. And he, a plagiarist. He's a plagiarist, a liar. Maybe he's gay, apparently, if he's talking about being a free man in Paris. Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, I'm going to get canceled for that. That's what him and David Geffen were doing there. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> um, but, you know, like... Don't fall asleep listening to this album and then be like 20 years later, be like, oh, this is one of my favorite tracks. Oh, he's such a hypocrite for that. Yeah. Well, Joni's kind of a hypocrite too. <laughs> she <know>. is. <laughs> They're both hypocrites. I guess great artists just tend to be hypocritical. I don't know. But Joni does it in a funnier, nuanced, chicer way. Oh my God. When did he was like, he was like, well, you call Bob Dylan a plagiarist. I never said that. <laughs> um did you i'm pretty sure you did i feel like i read the interview oh no it's okay we won't we won't attack her too hard on that um but yeah i love this song and um yeah do you want to um go to all these people at the bunny yes another amazing track on this album and i love that it's bunched together with the same situation yeah i love how the twins they are yeah this is low-key the ugly twin because the same situation outshines it a little bit, but this is still stands on its own. It's cute. I love it. What? You don't think so? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I I like how this one is like, it starts with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. That's what I really like. I like how one is an acoustic guitar, one is a piano. Do you feel like the intro to this song kind of sounds like the intro to Sweet Bird? I do. They're I similar. Do. It's, I, that's in my notes, actually. Yeah, they have a similar, like, beginning. I love the lyrics in this song. Like, um, she's got a rose in her teeth and a lampshade crown or um, fumbling, deaf, dumb, and blind. Like, there's very, I really think that the lyrics here are really cool. Yes, laughing and crying, you know it's the same release. That's yeah. that's pretty deep. That's pretty, that deep, pretty deep, deep about it. Yeah, it's not average pop music type lyricism. No, definitely not. And I also like how she's kind of going around doing like character studies with all the people in the room, but also being very introspective at the same time. Yeah, I think she feels this. What I got from this song is that she feels like even at the, like all these like social events she's going to and like Hollywood and stuff, she feels like an outsider looking mm-hmm. in. Like she's like not, I don't know. I think she feels like very like, uncomfortable or like insecure at times like when being around all these people that are like so much I don't know if they're so much more famous but they just they're in such a different world than how she is you know yeah Jenny's also she just seems so insecure around other people who was it there was that book by by David yeah Reckless Daughter I think you've read it too right and yeah. he talked about how her and Carol King met and Carol went up to her and she said I can tell you don't like yourself I oh. like my did you ever read that? I don't remember that. Carol King said that? Yeah, she yeah, she went up to Joni and she said that. And I mean, I feel like Joni has like very much social anxiety, which is why I relate to her so much because whenever I'm out and around a bunch of people, this is exactly how I feel. I feel like I'm an outsider trying to to break in or just I'm so caught up in my own thoughts. And that's what she's doing here. She's so caught up in her own thoughts. She's not even enjoying the moment. Me too. I'm very much an observer on the outside, but I like it that way. I like being an observer to to what's going on because I can notice the hypocrisy and usually what's going on I always I'm always like you know this is just yeah um I won't go into that but uh I think that this is a really it's a really nice track and it has a really interesting 
it's like a really good prefix into same situation. Like they complement each other very well. You do. It's a, it's. I love the segue between them too. How like the last away is what blends them in together too. Yeah. Like it's. She's like the last. There, I think she says away like three times, and then when she says oh, and then she's like hey. yeah. <laughs> That's how the same situation starts. Yeah, been in the same situation for so. Yeah, like because I think like in same situation, um, she's kind of like looking even more like in the same situation for so many years like I think it's like it goes deeper into that insecurity this is kind of like one of the sadder songs even though it's not sad but you know what I mean like it's the more introspective and she's like I need your approval like send me somebody who's strong and sincere oh yeah I love that line so much yeah I also love um the tra- oh, I talked about the transition from acoustic guitar to piano, but I also love that line where she's talking about like a pretty girl in your bathroom checking out her sex appeal. Like she's so, she's so concerned with herself and she's like, is this man going to love me? Are these people uh-huh. actually going to like, like care about me? Am I worthy of this? And then like, still I sent up my prayer wondering where it had to go with heaven full of astronauts and the Lord on death row. I think that's such a cool way to like talk about religion and so philosophy. Good. Like, that's just, a, that's such a philosophical thing. Like, I'm going to send up my prayer. Like, I don't know who's going to get it. I don't know if it's going to be God. I don't know if it's going to be outer space. I don't know, like, if it's the stars, some, like, existential forces. But it's, I, it's little things like that I really love about Joni's music. Oh, yeah. I, that's such a good line. She has so many good lines, like, on this album. Very clever lines, I should say. Yes. Yes. Especially on this song. Yeah. I feel like this song feels like wanting to, like, like a constant wanting to live up to expectations of like being attractive and feeling worthy, but like you just keep ending up in that same situation. Like, yeah, you know, like, like, I'm just like, like, I don't know. Like, she's just like, I've been in the same situation for so many years and like, no matter what, I haven't really been able to find kind of like the, I don't want to say escape, but you know, like the fix to it. Yeah. It's like that struggle between love versus freedom that's always so prevalent in her music that I really love. Even the end, it's like one of the ending lines where she says she's caught in her struggle for higher achievement and her search for love that sticks around. Yeah, I think that that just encapsulates what her music is about so well, or like a lot of her earlier lyrics. It's so, like, again, it's so introspective. I hate to keep using the same word, but she's also feeling like she needs another lover, just like she does on like Hajira and Song for Sharon. And that's what, makes it so interesting find another lover i love exactly. that line. i love that line um do you want to talk about the next song where she's really trying to find another lover or waiting for her lover <laughs> car on a hill waiting in a car waiting for the car on the hill <laughs> do you want to start i have opinions on this song yeah <laughs> i'll start with the positive because you don't seem to like this song i love this song um i think it is so like sexy and like sultry and like it has this great jazz like talk about like the band really being involved like this song has like some really good brass on it and um I I have to talk about the part when it breaks it like slows down and for a second all of a sudden she gets into these like I don't know how to describe them like siren like screams like I said it sounds like hear me out I said it sounds like orgasms because they're like <laughs> intense. She's like, she's like, da, 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 da. I don't know. I guess I can kind of see that. I mean, 
I, honestly, now that you say it, the whole song is like he's waiting. She's waiting for his car on the hill. Like she's waiting him for to like the climax. Oh my god, I, I mean, can't get that out of my head now. I said that this song is very much like a sexual track. It has a lot of sex into it. You see, now that you say that, I hear it. But when I'm listening to the song, I don't get sexy at all. I don't know why. I just get like, I don't know. I feel like this would have been, no, I'm not going to say that because it's not true at all. I'm completely over-exaggerating. But I think that, I'm going to start with the positives. I like the the vocal instrumentation part. And it's like about a minute and 10 seconds into like a minute and 40 where there's just like, no lyrics it's just instruments and i it's the band and i like that i like how she really shows off the band here like you were saying but there's just something about this that's not gelling with me i think it's the lyrics i I mean they're not the most complex lyrics yeah but i mean i do like i feel like it's a little bit of like a reference to willie where she's talking about the cars on the hill in that song he's looking out the window at all the cars on the hill maybe that's like a little bit of a a reference to there i don't know See, i just... thought she, i thought she had a foreshadowing to dream flat tires and wild things when she's like fast tires come screaming around again i don't know oh yeah that's another song that it foreshadows and then she references the title track as well so much laughter and so much spark like i feel like i always whenever i listen to this song if i'm like singing along i always say so much court and so much spark because i think really it's, yeah oh yeah Aw, that's cute. I didn't even notice she put that in there. Yeah. I think she's just like, she really wants this man to show up and she's like unsure if he actually will. But either way, she has this like flirtation about it, which I really like. I think it's really fun. It's so funny because the entire first like half of the song, she's so unsure if he's gonna gonna come back. And then when he finally does, she's like, it sounds like she's so excited as tires come screeching around or whatever. I'm like, girl calm down a little bit you wanted him she she really wanted him she was like i need you to come <laughs> put your car on my hill <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh hey you know what she's getting more mature she's becoming she confident is. in her own sexuality and i love that i do too i appreciate it and i also yeah. really like the 40s like the, in- the instrumental ending on this song where it's oh, just yeah. like it's just the band for like 40 seconds and it's piano and percussion and horns this song has a very vintage quality to it. it like does. the way the band's playing has a very like, I don't know, like I feel like I could hear it from like the 50s or something. Like it has like a old vibe to it, but I which I really like. Yeah. I also feel like that about Raised on Robbery. We'll talk about yeah. that when we get there. But yeah, some of these songs, because they're so jazz poppy, have a a very vintage vibe to them. I'm not yeah. saying that it would sound like a like a Frank Sinatra song, but it sounds like it like around that era of time, like the 50s, like uh, jazz pop singers going and singing at clubs and stuff. I would definitely hear this there, or you would think you would hear this there. I don't know about Frank Sinatra, but no, no, just the era, him. not him. Oh, okay. not, oh like I was like, era. I was like, I don't know, Frank. No, Sinatra. definitely not him. <laughs> I like, Maybe I couldn't see him singing this song. I could see like, hmm. Who could I see singing this? Um, I don't know. Maybe the Supremes would do a cool version of this. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, the Supremes would do a cool version of this. Like, but they would make it more, like, poppy. It would be, like, I don't know. I'm not going to try to imitate what it would be like. But, you know, you get the vibe. No, come on. You have the vocals. Uh, no, no. <laughs> We're going to save that for my own experimentation sometime <laughs> when I'm by myself. <laughs> um. 
But yeah, I really like the song. I'm sad you don't like it, but I don't dislike it. It's just my one of my least favorites. I like it. I think it's fun. And I think it's a very sultry track again. Another sultry, sexy track. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah. Um, should we go to the Grammy winning? Down to you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It, it won a Grammy, yet it's such a deep cut, I feel like. Right. This yeah. is a song where I'm so confused. That's why more Joni Mitchell fans aren't talking about this as much as Coyote and Both Sides Now and all her other huge songs. This is like essential Joni Mitchell from the lyrics to the oh, sound. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think this is like the essential song from this album, possibly. I, you know, it starts off so subtly with the piano and uh, it's just so beautiful. It builds again like all the other ones and I don't know. I can't say enough good things about this. Yeah, and it has a really interesting piano and string interlude that prefixes where she's going to go on Paprika Plains. You know what I mean? Uh, like this little, like she sings, you know, a few verses and then it breaks into these piano and strings like where it's, you know, going on for, I don't, this one isn't that long, but you know, it's some, it's still, it builds to what she's going to do on Paprika Plains in like, which is, you know, what how long is that interlude nine minutes i think yeah that's a great parallel actually yeah I, they just they remind me it's yeah i really love the in like the instrumentation passages or the instrumental passages i mean and there's like strings and horns and they really come together to to form this hauntingly beautiful and heartbreaking sound yeah oh my god and the lyrics like in this song they cut oh. deep Oof. Oh my God. I think that this is like a song about like, just like the universal truths of like love. Like, it's yeah. just like, like love, whether it's like, you know, like in a relationship or like the absence of love or there's just like, I feel like it goes into those deeper meanings that are like downward, you know, like it's down to you yeah. to, to decide how you're going to treat other people. I don't know. Yeah, I always took this song as like the loneliness after having like a hookup or like a one night stand the next morning, especially oh, yeah. is it is it the, the second verse where she's basically saying there's, you know, the lovers in the street, they look so high, you brush against a stranger and you both apologize. Uh, and then oh, oh that I was going to say, I think that the part about the hookup is definitely like, oh, the go down to the pickup yeah, station. Like yeah, like going down to a bar to find someone that you find attractive um you know a few drinks later when no one's picking you you just become less choosy and you just end up getting with someone that you didn't even want to get with in the first place and then you know you wake up in the morning and it's just like shit what did I do last night like I totally lowered my standards and I don't want to get emotional but you know yeah and then the next then the next verse is like the morning after like running out like going outside and starting your day and feeling so empty about it yeah. and oh my god clutching the night to you like a fig leaf you hurry to the blackness and the blankets to lay down an impression in your loneliness girl oh my gosh that hurts that hurts so much I don't know why but it kills me every time I hear that she might as well have just like called me out like I I will like she might as well have just name dropped me like it was uh, uh, like I love it because like you're right when she goes out the morning after all of a sudden after this like vapid one night stand she sees lovers in the street like people with true connection and she's just like why don't I have that oh my god stop I, I, cry. Get emotional. I, get emotional. 
you can't get emotional you have a boyfriend totally okay but I can still I can still empathize with her and it makes me think like what if what if we break up one day like is this how I'm gonna feel that's why I always get so emotional I guess I don't know some of us are not feeling that currently (laughs) it's just like I love oh I love the lyric pleasure moves on too early and trouble leaves too Um, slow oh she really like shows both sides here too. And she's like, you're a brute, you're an angel. You can crawl, you can fly too. Like you see so many sides to a person, especially when you start falling in love with someone or start having a crush on them. You want to see all these positives about them. And then as you get to know them more, you see all these flaws and you can't help but notice them. But you you kind of like weigh the pros and the cons. Like while, she's- you're, while you're getting courted with someone, you find out who they are. And then once you finally have the spark... It, yeah. you just no matter the negatives you just still want to get with them oh stop I'm gonna cry yeah but that oh those that like oh I was gonna talk about like everything comes and goes like like she relates like kind of like love almost like in the same sense of like fashion trend she's like you know m- like love comes and goes as fast as trends and you know fashion come like it's like it's just one of those things that's just never guaranteed and never, you know, never long lasting. And like sex is a perfect example of that. Like a one night stand is like this, like, it's like love for a certain minute. And then, you know, suddenly it's the morning after and you feel regret it, regrettable about that love, you know? Yeah. Ugh. I'm so happy this song won a Grammy. This was so deserved. Yeah. Like when, when I saw Court and Spark won a Grammy, I was like, thinking what it could be and when I saw I was down to you I was really 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 happy well because it's for um oh I wrote it down somewhere best arrangement accompanying vocalist whatever the hell that means is that even a category anymore I don't know I don't think so so. no deserved (laughs) they made the category just to give this song a Grammy exactly exactly (laughs) it's oh it's such a good song this is like Joni at her best it is Talk about this more, Joni Stans. Post the link on Twitter. Come on. Please. Yeah, I can't be the only one. Yeah, me too. We can't just be us two. Yeah, it kind of is just us two. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I have never seen literally anybody else tweet about this song. No, which is unfortunate. It is what it is. It is what it is. But, you know, um, yeah, I love Down To You. It's a beautiful song. Um, do you want to go to the next song, which I also love equally as much? Yes, another very underrated Joni Mitchell song that does not get talked about enough. Obviously, this is not as heartbreaking as Down To You, oh, but this no. is this is so sassy. This is so like sassy. when she is like dreaming of the pleasure I'm going to have watching your hairline recede my vein, darling. Can we talk about that? Like, <laughs> She's so finding, rude yeah she's finding so much happiness in in watching him go bald she's, she's like, like you're so you're so vain it's literally <laughs> i actually looked it up you're so vain came out before this song so it did but this is addressing it in a more nuanced way a more creative way is it <laughs> yeah it is. i agree i agree uh, well i was gonna say about this song Joni. i watched an interview of her from the 90s and he was like and the interviewer said, you know, think of your music like a closet. What is like one, like a song that like you like to wear a lot? And she said it was this song. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy she said that. But she plays this song her whole career. She just played it recently at um 
at um Newport. She played the instrumental version of this. Which is why I get so confused as to why more Joni fans don't talk about this song. Because it's one of the songs that's stuck with her through like every era, through every tour, through everything. Like she always performs the song. And I'm happy about it too, because this is definitely one of my favorites on this album. And uh, I love the folk jazz vibe to it. Oh yeah. But this is my favorite song to play on um guitar. By really? Joni. Out of all of her songs, this is my favorite one to play on guitar because it's so fun to play. It's also on Coyote Tuning, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. Joni Mitchell songs. Yeah, it's 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 such a good song to play on guitar. It's really fun. Like like the like I don't know. You'll hear it at the end of the episode to hear me play it. Cause that's it's like girlies. Do people know that I play the music on this? Have I mentioned I that before? You need to mention it more. Okay, well, it's not just like some random person. It's me. <laughs> <My> <laughs> that's, that's me playing piano and guitar. Um, <laughs> oh, I also wrote that I love the. Um, you're not gonna understand a word that I say about this. But I love, there is a certain chord on this song. It's like, it's basically like, I'm not going to describe it, but it is, it's when she goes like, uh, it's like, oh, sour grapes. And it's like that, like, kind of like inquiry chord where it's like, because I lost my heart. And it goes back into the normal. It's like, it's a really cool chord of inquiry that I really appreciate. If anyone. I, I love that part of that song. Yeah. Speaking of sour grapes, I love how she compares jealousy to the how sour grapes taste. That's such a very interesting comparison. It's not cliche at all. Like no. And throughout her career, she reads that line so funny. Like in the 90s, she's like, she's like <laughs> sour grapes. Like she gets like so silly with it. Like I love that. And I love like literally she is so funny on the song like I love it I was looking for a strong cat without claws like yes. or um there's a thin man smoking a fat cigar like all of these like comparisons that are just, yeah, yeah like there's so many like fun like comparisons that I just love yeah it's such a silly song but it's also it's it's so cute I love it I can't help but be addicted to it I can't help but say it's one of my favorites I totally see why she plays this throughout her whole career. Cause it's like, it's clever. It's fun to play. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like a really like fun song. Like this is a great, like, I don't know. This song I feel like could have been a hit too. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. This is also one of the last times Joni's really playful. She doesn't do it that much after this on the hissing. She does it a little bit. And on um, what's the other one? Don Juan. She's a little goofy. But here, like, this is one of the last times I feel like she's really, she's really playful in her music, which is kind of sad. I mean, she does it in her live performances still. She still is very funny when she See, does I don't agree with you. I think she's playful in every album. Really? I feel like she loses it in, like, the 80s where she's not that playful anymore. In the oh, 90s, too. She's, she's a little play. I'm, like, on Wild Things, when she says gay boys with their pants so tight under a neon light, like, that is so silly. I guess that's silly. I think the only, like, time that sticks out to me in her later career where she's really silly is the windfall, where she's, like, the Elvis <laughs> case of gave him cars, you think I'm cheap? When she, like, starts laughing, you think I should buy you a car? On Taming the Tiger, when she goes, nice, kitty, kitty. Like, that is so silly. Please. She was being so serious there, though. I know she was. No, I think she was being funny. I, I think, like, Turbulent Indigo doesn't have anything silly, but Taming the Tiger has some silly stuff, which is like, snap out of it. I guess Lead Balloon is a little silly. <gasps> yes! Oh my god, my fave. But it's I also think. mad. She's also mad there. She's mad as hell. 
kiss my ass. That's what she, <laughs> she walks <laughs> the video trying to end the girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I love this. This is such a silly song. I actually think the next song we're about to no, the next, the rest of the songs in this album are all very silly and fun. Even Trouble Child. That's not like a sad song. You're right. It's not. I mean, I yeah. I guess I don't interpret it as that sad. But Race on Robbery is silly. Oh, this is. I don't want to say my favorite song in this album, but it's maybe my favorite song in this album. Oh, really? I love to jam to this song. I love the harmonization she does in the beginning of the song. Is it with herself? I don't know if there's background yes. with doing it, is it with but herself. it sounds like it's with herself. <laughs> I love that so much. It sounds so 50s. It sounds so vintage. It sounds oh, like a girl yeah. group could be singing this song or something. This whole song is such a reference to like 50s, like bebop jazz, like rock music. Like it has a little bit of like Elvis inspiration in it. Like it is just like, oh, it's such a like fun, flirty song. And like, I love this song so much. You know what this song is about? Um, it's written okay it's written about the empire hotel in saskatchewan and it's about a prostitute trying to seduce a man inside the hotel and she's basically telling him her entire life story and stuff like that's why she's like saying you know come up to my room like and she's saying about yeah isn't doesn't that change like the whole that makes me love it even more right isn't that so cool because i always am a rooter for prostitutes i'm always their first supporter um so that makes me love it even more. Um, yeah. And like, obviously like the maple leaves, like that's like a fun little reference to like Toronto's hockey team. Like that's silly. And I love, so I hate to be this guy, uh, but I'll say it again. Um, the eighties version of this song is literally <laughs> crack. I could it is. it up. I love it even more. Like, and the way she reads some of the lines, um, headphone warning, like when she's like, come up to my kitchen like she like rolls or when she says um come home with me honey oh so good yes this is like already one of joni mitchell's more rock songs in my opinion so when she did the like the arrangement in the 80s that you sent me i i was blown away because that's how wow that was incredible and her it her voice sounds so good when it's like a little bit more mature and like a little bit more strained yeah it fits it really really well yeah like i mean and it's she, the flirty lines are like so good like come up to my kitchen i'll show you my best recipes that is literally hilarious or um <laughs> he drunk up all the rest that son of a bitch <laughs> like, please she just put it in there so subtly, which is what makes me laugh every time I hear it. I'm like, girl, you are being so unserious here, but I love it. Come home with me, honey. I'm not asking for a full length mink. She's like, just, <laughs> like, I'm not asking for an expensive fur coat. Just, you know, I'm just asking you to come with me. Oh, it's so good. I literally love the song. <laughs> I love, I also love like the little niche things in the lines, like how she mentions eminent domain, which is such a product of its time. We're like, we had a little money once they're pushing through a hot four lane highway government gave us $3,000. Like, come yes. on girls. It's like that's when the government used to take people's money so they could like put roads or stuff there. I said like, it was like a, it was like a fun little jab at like big yellow taxi. Yes. That's, oh my God, that's such a good analogy. I didn't even like, think about that. They just wanted to go in and pave their own little paradise. And they, they were, they were like, your paradise is about $3,000. Take it or leave it. And they were like, <laughs> Leave it. Let's go get a 57 Biscayne. But then he puts it in the ditch. That son of a bitch. 
I guess three thousand dollars was a lot and was mo way more than it is now or like in the 70s right. at least. But it still sounds like such like a little amount of money where it's like you let them take your property for that girl I don't know maybe it just rhymed really well and that's yeah. how she picked it I, I just oh this song is so good I literally could dance to the song forever I will always I recommend the 80s version so much it's so fun and like I just love this song me, me too. This is another great Joni Mitchell song. And I wish the single got more on the charts. I'm shocked that it didn't. Me too. Oh my God. Do you hear the tornado sirens? Oh my God, really? Oh my God, guys, there's tornado sirens going on. It's just the test because it's Wednesday. Do you hear them? No, I can't hear them at all. Oh, you can't? No, I can't. Oh, okay, well then maybe no one else can hear them and we can just keep going. <laughs> maybe a little bit in the background, but it's so faint that I can't hear anything. Yeah, just pretend like it's not there, you guys. Because <laughs> I'm not editing things out. You're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Why do you have Bjork playing in the background? I know, this sounds just like her <laughs> voice. Is this Bjork? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I okay, I think it's dying out. Okay, yeah, I think it died out. Sorry about that. Um. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna i'm gonna like listen to this like when i'm like editing it back and then i'm gonna be like oh shit we gotta cut that whole section no i didn't hear anything though okay well if anyone was worried about it that was bjork music playing in the back it wasn't a siren or anything <laughs> um do you want to move on to the next um oh. of the fun songs trouble child of course, this is another one of my favorite Joni Mitchell songs. You know, when you, okay, when you said that you saw, thought this was silly, I didn't see it at first, but now that I'm thinking about it, it is really silly with the peacock is afraid to yes, breathe. Yes, the peacock yeah. is afraid to Oh my God, that line makes me laugh a lot, but it's so cute. And I love, what instrument is that that starts off the song? It's like, it's not a, is it a horn? Is it a? Um, I think it's a trumpet with a, um, mm, what is it called? There's an add-on that you can put in front of a trumpet to give it a more raspy sound. Yes. Oh. That is uh. just such an addicting sound. Like that's what made, that's what drew me to this song at first was that, that trumpet. I loved it a lot. Yeah. If you know the song Goldfinger, do you know the song Goldfinger? Oh, okay. That's, that song uses that in the trumpets too, where it's like, it gives it like a kind of sound that I, Yeah. Is that by Joni? No, Goldfinger is um, it's from a Bond movie, a James Bond movie. Oh, okay. That's I've never watched a James Bond movie, so that's probably why I don't know it. I haven't either. I just really like Shirley Bassey, who sings it. So, <laughs> so that's ah. all. <laughs> um, what else was I gonna say about this? Oh, the opening lyric where it's like a sterilized room. I always thought that that meant like, is it a character study or is it about Joni? That's what I've never really understood because the sterilized dream kind of makes me think an asylum or like some type of like mental hospital where people yeah. are for themselves. And it's like this person is like completely, they like they want to change, but they can't. And that lyric again, like about how like religion comes into things where she's like, so what are you going to do about it? You can't live life and you can't leave it. Advice and religion, you can't take it. You can't seem to believe it. I love that part a lot for some reason. I don't know why, but it's always, I've always related to it a lot. Well, I feel like this song is about her being like an artist and like how she's like getting analyzed in a yeah. way like she's being analyzed by all these people, including a therapist, you know, they're like the sterilized rooms, kind of like a mental facility. And like, I don't know, I feel like it's about like people trying to like, you know, fix you or fixing this trouble in you. But then she's like, and then she makes a judgment of the moon and stars reference a little bit where she's like, 
some are gonna knock you and they're gonna try to like like clock you like i think feel like she's being like at the end of judgment the moon and stars which she's like you have to shake your fist at lightning like yeah that's a great parallel actually yeah now that i think about it it does relate a lot to four of the roses because people are always telling her that they want something from her and she's like completely drained by it like even the peacock is afraid to parade that might be like relating to her as like an artist where she like she has to go on stage and perform or she has to keep putting these records out and she's just so tired of it and yeah. she doesn't want to keep doing it but no matter what she has to have a smile on her face or else she's going to get judged and criticized yeah and I think I think Joni is kind of a troubled child she is well <laughs> yeah we know she is in a few years yeah like she oh well yeah but I just think that she's like she's always had this wild spirit that I feel like people probably do tell her like you're a troubled child you're always causing you know <laughs> things and uh I said that this song like well besides the song we're about to get into after this but this song has the most jazz sound so far it does which is i think another reason why i love it so much i don't know this was the first Joni mitchell song i played for one of my friends and they were obsessed with it yeah it's a good song like it's very like jammy like the dun 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 like that's like a really cool beat to it um she does this on travelogue she does. I don't like it as much on Travelog. No. And I don't like the just like this train version on Travelog either, to be honest. Why? I don't know. I don't hate it, but you know. I don't hate it either. It just doesn't live up to the originals. I don't know. Court and Spark is just so perfect to me. I think that those songs just sound better with like guitar and stuff than they do with like an orchestra. orchestra. Yeah. That's my problem with a lot of travelogue is some of a lot of Joni Mitchell songs just sound so good with an acoustic guitar and then with an orchestra I'm just like I didn't need this but it's rewarding it's rewarding listen yeah 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 I, I travelogue's a really good album I really like it but it's just some of the some of the remixes don't work as well and I also really like that line where she says like you know you I really can't you really can't give love in this condition so you know that you need it like again she knows that she's going through it right now she has no energy she doesn't have the emotional stability to give someone love but she still really wants it and she's still like searching for it which is she just needs love yeah she does she does yeah um and i love how this song is a perfect blend into twisted that brass at the end like that blends perfectly into the closer of this album do you want to talk about twisted Yes, I've always thought, like, you know how the same situation and people's parties are a pair? Yeah. Obviously, it's not as overt here, but I've always put these songs as a pair just because of it. Oh, yeah. I love her cover a lot. I really do. And, like, the line with the double-decker buses is so funny to me because I don't know if people have listened to the Archives Volume 2, oh. but when she's introducing one of those songs, she talks about how she went to London and that there's double-decker buses there, and she got really scared that there wasn't a driver on the top, which is, like... I was like, girl, what are you talking about? I don't know if she was like trying to reference the song or if she was being serious, but this song is silly to me too. Like how she's talking to a therapist and like she knew she was a genius by three or like a wizard at three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And it's a cover by Annie Ross and all them. Well, technically, so the music is by um, Wardell Gray, who does, he had like a, a saxophonist um, version like first called Twisted, which was just instrumental. And then Annie Ross added these lyrics on top of it. And then Joni covered it. So there's a lot of layers going on here. And um, 
It is such a cool cover. And then um, have you ever read the book um, called Joni in Her Own Words? No, I haven't. So basically it's like this one woman, I don't remember her name, interviews Joni throughout many different parts of her career. And one of the sections was during right before Court and Spark came out, like right before it came out. So the album was done. And she asked, she said, what song on this album rep best represents where you're going to be heading in your career? And she said this song. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, well, she was right there because yeah. this sets up perfectly for where she's going to go with her next, like what, five albums or yeah. four albums? Well, yeah. I mean, and I actually, so if you, I've listened to this song and had it go into, in France, they kiss on Main Street and it, it, they works really well. It probably does. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's and so I, cool. Yeah. And it's just, this is her first full jazz, you know, fully jazz song. And I love jazz Joni. And I think that this is a great cover. I don't know. Me too. I really like this cover. I think it stands on its own. I mean, I've heard the 1952 version a few times. I don't, I don't go back and listen to it a lot just because I'm not the biggest jazz fan. Yeah. But for some reason, Joni over jazz really works for me. I know she keeps it a lot more folky, but here she's like, this is an actual jazz classic. So yeah, yeah. It, I, her line readings are really good. Um, also, we should talk about like the she has a comedy duo, Cheech and Chong, at um, the part where they say, "What? No driver on the top, man. This chick is twisted." <laughs> like I think that yeah, it's funny and like. She just sings it very funnily, like like very silly and carefree, like my analyst told me um, that I was right out of my head. I don't know. I love this song. I think it's such a fun song to sing along to. I don't know. It reminds me of um Dry Cleaner from Des Moines. Oh my gosh. Yes. It does remind me a lot of Dry Cleaner from Des Moines too. Yeah. Like like very fast wordplay. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Oh my gosh. Uh and what's so funny about this song is it fits so well within the context of the album. Like, I didn't know this was a cover until, like, way after I listened to Court and Spark. I think I found out it was a cover on Twitter or something. But it just fits so perfectly within the context of this album. And it's I think it's a perfect closer for it. I know some people don't like this song because it's a cover or some people just don't like it for some reason. And I'm confused as to why. Because she really makes it her own. Because they're haters. They are. They hate on everything. Like, just let her have fun and sing a song that she likes. Like, I, whatever. Y'all need help. Like, I think it was a great way to end this album, and it sets her up perfectly for the next album. Yes, and if this wasn't a cover, it would probably be in my top three on this album. Oh, if she, like, actually wrote it? Yeah. It would definitely be, yeah, that would be, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just... You know, this that is the last song of the album, and this album is just so good. It's literally so good. Yeah, I think we were both talking about how we kind of, like, push aside Court and Spark a lot, just because it's, you know, everyone says Blue and Court and Spark are these huge juggernauts of her discography. I mean, yeah. even with Blue, we were kind of, like, before we listening. Yeah, we were just kind of over both of these albums but on re-listen I love this a lot and it's definitely one of Joni's best albums it's addicting I love it I love it I can't I can't say enough good things about it yeah I'm excited for it to get really warm out so I can blast this with my windows down and like having like you know a good summer drive to it yeah this is also such a spring album for me I don't know why like all the flowers are blooming here on the trees 
So like I'm walking around and the wind is blowing the petals off the trees as I'm listening to this album and it fits yeah. so well. Well, when I go to California this summer, I'm definitely going to be jamming to this album. You have to be. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. This and this and um, Hissing of Summer Lawns are going to be like very much on the repeat. Those are so California coded. I know. I know. Because I feel like I'm going to go in a more Port and Spark kissing way than in a Ladies of the Canyon type of way. Like I'm, I don't feel very folk goddess. I feel a I'm lot have more. A summer. No, I'm not thinking about a blue boy summer. I'm feeling like I'm gonna have a, um, hmm. I'm gonna have a don't interrupt the sorrow summer. Oh, oh, <laughs> don't interrupt my sorrow. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, what would you give this album out of ten? Because. I think we probably will have to give it a 10, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. An 11 out of 10. It's a, it's a 10. Yeah. It's, it's perfect in every way. Like we're about to hit a lot of 10 out of 10s consistently. Let's just be honest here. We are. We really are. I don't even know which album will not have a 10 out of 10 in the coming weeks, but I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. You probably will say, well, I don't know about next week. Miles of Isles might not, well, that might not get rating. We might just not rate Miles of Isles. Yeah, I don't live. know. If, yeah, because it is a live album and it's just like repurposed work, just like with new arrangements. Yeah, it'll be a different type of episode next week. Different vibe, but we'll get through it. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what it, we'll see what happens. Um, What's your favorite song in this album? I can't, I can't pick one, but it, I can pick three. Okay. So, thank <laughs> you. Trouble Child and Just Like This Train are my my favorites. Oh, we have no repeat favorites. Really? What's your favorite? My favorite, I have a two. My two favorites are Court and Spark and Raised on Robbery. I'm so fake, but. Oh, okay. No, those are great songs too. What's your least favorite then? Same situation for me. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Gosh, I was going to put that as my favorite. Or, but I, when I was like, I have six favorites to you earlier. Yeah. At least here it's obviously Car on the Hill. Sorry. Fake, fake fan. <laughs> I Don't stand that song. I would, I will defend that song till the day I die. Maybe it'll click in a few years or a few months. You have to listen to it in the right setting. I do. I can't be in, you know, I can't be in Connecticut listening to this. That's not even what I meant, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I Horton Spark is beautiful. Definitely give it a listen. I feel like, I mean, it, it probably is an album that if you're a Joni Mitchell fan, you do listen to it a lot, but keep up that listening because it slays. Yes, we love this album. Yes. I love it. Yeah, and then I'm very excited for um, next I week to listen to Miles of Vials. It's going to be Interesting. I haven't heard it in a long time. Me neither. All I know about Miles Files is it's for the roses with court and spark arrangements. So that's exciting. It is exciting because we both love those songs. Oh yeah. And I love a good rearrangement of songs. If you can't already tell. I love a good resetting. We love it. We love it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I just love this album a lot. Yeah, <laughs> just love this album. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys next week on Miles for Isles. Yes, bye.